Welcome, everybody. It's nice to have a nice crowd inside where it's, it's warm. Special welcome to those watching online, uh, Nicole, Joanne, and I think Brent is watching currently um, as we speak. And I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving until yesterday when those turkeys kind of got the revenge on the Cavaliers, and uh, that was just a, a pure slaughter, was it not? It was... Look, you can't even clap during worship, but you can clap for the Hokies, you know. And, uh, all right, we, we've got some spiritual work to do today, and so uh, we're going to get after it. But, uh, you know, speaking of Thanksgiving, last week I was talking about the importance of giving thanks, and specifically, Jesus was, was healing some people. There were these 10 lepers that he encountered. He was on his way from the northern region of Galilee down to Jerusalem in the south when he came to this town and, and 10 men who suffered from leprosy approached him from a distance and they cried out to him and they asked for pity. And he said, go, go to the priests and show yourselves to them. And as they went, we're told every single one of them was healed of leprosy. But of the 10, only one, only one came back to say thank you. And because he did, Jesus had a greater gift of healing that he bestowed upon him. Not only did he heal his body, but he healed his spirit. We're told that he made him whole, that he saved him. And so this morning, I want to continue to look at some of Jesus' healings. This time, though, it's not going to be him healing from afar. It's going to be... Him healing up close and personal with a touch, with a touch. And so we're going to be in Mark chapter 7 and 8. We're going to look at two different healings um, that are closely related. If you want to follow along in one of the church Bibles, it's page 998. So the first healing is uh, Mark 7, beginning at verse 31, and it's Jesus healing this deaf and mute man. Said so then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said, Aphatha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were open, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He's done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now, the first thing I, I want to say here is that some things in the Bible are descriptive and some things are prescriptive. What that means is sometimes um, they're describing what's taking place and there's other times that they're prescribing what is to take place. For instance, with the healing. So this was descriptive, wasn't prescriptive. So Jesus wasn't saying, hey, if, if you've got somebody that's deaf, the way you heal them is you like pull out your fingers like a gunslinger and stick them in their ears, right? And uh, that'll take care of it. They'll be healed. And he wasn't saying that if, if somebody has a speech impediment, just spit on your finger and touch their tongue and boom, they're good. That's not what he was saying. So that was just describing the way that Jesus chose to heal that man in that instance. Why did he do it that way? 
Well, we're not going to talk about that this morning. The, uh, we're going to focus on a couple other things, although that would be a lot of fun to examine and explore. But today I want you to see two things with regard to the healing of this man. The first is this, that people begged Jesus. They were begging Jesus just to touch him, to lay his hand on them. They recognized that there was healing in the touch, healing in the touch. And we see that in verse 32. Um, then the second point that I, I want us to, to glean from this is that Jesus' healing was meant to be personal and private. He, he wasn't healing the man to draw attention to himself. And, and we see that in verse 36. In fact, he told people, he said, look, don't go talking about this. Just keep it to yourself. Remember, he, he pulled him aside from the crowd when he healed him. He wasn't doing it to draw attention to himself. And it seems that the more he said, don't talk about it, what happened? The more they talked about it, right? Isn't that a lesson? Isn't that true today? I, I experienced this just um, a couple of weeks ago. Somebody um, went to somebody else and they said, hey, um, you know, I'm dealing with this and, and yet uh, don't tell anybody. So what, what did that person do? course they went to somebody else and they they shared the story and and said but don't tell anybody and then they went to somebody else and shared the story and said but don't tell anybody and eventually they came to me and said here's this story but guess what they didn't tell me not to tell anybody so I told everybody you know and then people are like why are you telling people that it was a secret I didn't know but isn't that the way it tends to go so if you don't want something to get out just tell people don't don't talk about it it's out but that's really not the point of this, the, uh, the, the point is that Jesus wasn't doing this healing to draw attention to himself. That wasn't his point. He had a deeper, deeper point to it. So that's the first healing that we see happening here. The next one's in Mark chapter 8. It's verses 22 through 26. And this time he has this encounter with a blind man. It said, they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They, they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Again, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. Jesus was not saying if you have somebody that's blind, you just spit and touch their eyes and they'll be healed. And another interesting thing we see happening here is it took two times, right? Two touches for the man to be completely healed. And again, it would be fun to talk about that and figure out why is that and speculate. We're not doing that this morning. Here's what I want you to focus on. The same thing happened with this man as happened with the first man. That people begged Jesus. They begged Jesus to lay hands on him. They begged him, please just touch him with your hands. And um, we see that in verse 22 here playing out. And they recognize the power of touch. The power of touch, specifically the power of Jesus' touch. And then the second thing is Jesus' healing was meant to be personal and private here. He was not trying to draw attention to himself. That's what took place in, in verse 26. And after the healing, he was saying, look, just go straight home. Don't go into the village for everybody to see you. Just 
go straight home. I, I think what we um, encounter here is, is two situations, two different um, you know, infirmities, and yet both parties were begging Jesus. Would you just touch our loved one? Would you just touch our loved one? And they had this faith. They believed that Jesus just touched them. They would be healed. We know that there is power in touch, don't we? We know that experientially, and we even know this scientifically. There is power in touch. Think about a hug, a physical hug, how it will release fear and anxiety. It'll bring about healing, the release of pain. We know scientifically that it actually has healing purposes when it comes to our cardiovascular system and even our, our immune system. Um, when you experience a hug, it releases a hormone in your body called oxytocin. And, and it's known as, as, as the hug hormone or the cuddle hormone. And so when you are physically embraced, physically held and hugged, it lowers your blood pressure. It's a wonderful thing how God has created us, that what sometimes we think is just a physical thing always has a much deeper, deeper meaning. He's always looking not just to do the obvious physical healing. He wants to bring about a deeper emotional and ultimately spiritual healing. That's what Jesus was pointing to here. Um, it was interesting. So Carol and I were riding in the car one time, and uh, one of those infomercials came up, and it was from Dr. Sanjay Gupta. You guys know Sanjay Gupta? You heard that name? I just love that name, don't you? I just love saying Sanjay Gupta. You know, and uh, so anyhow, Dr. Sanjay comes on, and, and he's talking about the power of a hug. And, and he said that, that there's, there's healing that comes about if you will just embrace somebody for a minute straight. So he's talking about an embrace that is unbroken for one solid minute and how all of us need that every day. And, and Carolyn loved that because her, her love language, her primary love language, I should say, is physical touch. And so she's like, did you hear that? I, I'm like, yes, I heard that. And then she pointed out, too, that she has actually all the love languages. So the, uh, anyhow, I don't know what to do with all that. But anyhow, so here's what I have done since I've heard that. When, when I come home from work, I try to, you know, go to her and give her an unbroken hug for one minute. All right? And when I'm not goofing off, like, looking at my watch going, 32, 33, you know, what does happen is really something very sweet. And there's a peace that comes over her. And there's a calm that comes over her. There's a sense of security that comes. And I experienced that very same thing. And all of a sudden, the, the stress of the day and the cares of the world, they begin to dissipate, right? Because of that long, sustained hug. See, there's power in touch. There's power in touch. Now, I mentioned last week that oftentimes we, we settle for physical healing, right? We all have ailments. We all have loved ones that, that are suffering in some way. We all deal with death and dying. And, and a lot of times we, we, we're just happy to settle for the physical healing. But Jesus wants to do so much more. 
He wants to bring about a deeper spiritual healing. Now, what's, what I find interesting here um, is sandwiched between these two healing accounts in, in Mark chapter 7 and Mark chapter 8 is, is this incredible miracle that Jesus performs. And this is in, in Mark chapter 8. So most of you guys have probably heard of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the, the five loaves and the two small fish, right? But, but do you remember that he also healed some 4,000 people on another occasion with seven loaves of bread? A lot of times I think we forget that those were two different occasions. And so that's what's happening between these two healings. And I believe it was significant. And I believe that part of the message of that was not just for the people who were receiving the blessing, but the message was ultimately for his disciples, for his disciples. Now, he wanted their eyes, their spiritual eyes to be open, their, their spiritual ears to be open, for their hearts to be softened so that they would truly understand who he was and what his kingdom is like. Um, here's, here's what happened after the feeding of the 4,000, beginning in, in chapter 8, verse 14. It said the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Be careful. Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it's because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you take up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you take up? Seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Do you still not understand? And they didn't get it. I don't know that anybody got what he was talking about back then. All they saw was really what was happening in the physical realm. They, they saw him performing a miracle with some bread and feeding all these people. They saw him heal one man of, of deafness and a speech impediment. They saw him heal another of blindness. They saw him healing all sorts of people, but they failed to see what he was doing deeper, that he was really helping them to see who he was as the king and what his kingdom was ultimately like. And, and I believe they couldn't fully understand because they didn't have the power of his spirit within them at this point in time. And so they were struggling because... Jesus knew that as cool as it must have been, can you imagine if you were there and, and all of a sudden Jesus feeds 4,000 with, with seven loaves of bread? You'd be like, that is awesome. I'm so glad I got to taste that bread to experience this. But guess what happened to every one of them the next day? They were hungry again. They were hungry again. Wouldn't it have been great to, to see this man who, who couldn't hear and, and speak properly just be healed and, and restored, or the, or the blind man, wouldn't that be great? But Jesus knew one day they're going to die, 
They're going to physically die. I've got a greater gift for them. I have a greater gift for the masses. I want you to see, to hear, to understand who I am as your king and what my kingdom ultimately will look like when it's fully inaugurated here on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to know that when, when I am present as the king, there'll be no more hunger. There'll be no more death and dying or diseases. None of that will be there. That's what my kingdom looks like. That's what I am inviting you into. And it was lost on them. It was lost on them. And I get it. Without the Holy Spirit revealing this truth to you, you will never see it. You will never understand it. And the same is true today. The same is true today. You know, Jesus was kind enough. After he, he rose from the grave and ascended back to heaven, years later, he, he gave um, one of his disciples, John, this vision of what this new heaven would be like. And, and he wrote it down. So John wrote this down in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. He said this. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. See, I believe that's what Jesus was pointing to He's pointing to the hope that we have in the future of a new kingdom where Jesus reigns as king. And yet they missed it. They couldn't see. They couldn't hear. They lacked the understanding so that they couldn't speak about it and proclaim this great promise, this good news of Jesus Christ. And I think there are many of us here today or watching online that don't get it either. Because for whatever reason, um, the Holy Spirit hasn't revealed that to you. Or, or maybe you've just settled for the obvious. Maybe you settled for the superficial life. Maybe you're just longing for physical healing or to be provided for. And that's all you want from God. And he's like, no, but I've got so much more. I have so much more. Would you just, just come to me? Let me open up your eyes. And the Holy Spirit begins to open your eyes and you start to see things like never before. He says, let me, let me open up your ears so that you can hear. And all of a sudden, as you, as you read the Bible, it just, it just comes alive. And you're like, wow, I'd never heard it like that before. And, and it begins to pierce your heart. And, and you're like, wow. See, that's the greater healing. That's the touch, I believe, that Jesus wants to give each and every one of us. And it's possible if we are open to him and say, come, Holy Spirit, come. We need a touch. Every one of us needs a touch. We all need greater understanding. We all need more uh, of, of the sense of his spirit's leading in our lives. And so what we want to do this morning is something a little different, and it may be odd or weird to uh, some of you guys, 
but I'm just going to pray that it, it, it's really significant and that God's spirit just moves in our midst and he touches us like maybe never before or, or we are reawakened to his touch, to his presence in our lives. And so I'm going to invite um, Sutton and some of the elders to come up and they're going to have some oil and they're going to be up front here and then um, invite the prayer ministers to come up as normal and they'll be behind the um, rails here to pray for you if you would like and I'll be over here. But here's what we're going to do. We're just going to invite you to come as you feel led or don't. There, there's no compulsion. You don't have to get up, but we're going to invite you to come forward and receive a touch. Receive a touch. And, and we're going to anoint those of you who come up with this oil. We're going to mark you with the sign of the cross on your forehead. And we're just going to pray God's blessing over you. We're going to pray for him to open up your eyes, to open up your ears, to loosen your tongue, to share this incredible good news that Jesus is your king. And he's invited you into his kingdom. And you can begin to experience his kingdom now here on earth as it is in heaven. Because his spirit will live inside of you when you surrender your life to Jesus. So let me pray. And then just come as you feel led. <sighs> Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we, we do just offer this time up to you. And, and pray that you would move. That we may be in the midst of a crowd but, Lord Jesus, I believe you want to bring some personal healing to many of our lives. I, I believe you want to bring that healing and that understanding to all of our lives. Lord, may, may we be moved to, to come. May we be open to receive. And, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would do what only you can do, that you would open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual ears, loosen our tongue, and soften our hearts to receive and then to proclaim your goodness. Please come. Holy angels, we, we pray that you'd be doing battle on our behalf right now, that you would be beating back the enemy. Any spirit of distraction would be gone. Any spirit of doubt would be gone, and that we would just be able to enter into this moment now. We lift it all up to you in Jesus' name. Amen.